Don Nation, did you know you can schedule your real estate sit-down with the guys at rondonsitdown.com? That's rondonsitdown.com, and you'll get a free camp mom that says, I sat down with Ron Don. I have 13 of them. Maybe even the guys will take you camping with your new mug. Now back to the show. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 303 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, the Foo Fighters have said, hey, if you're not vaccinated, maybe don't come to one of our shows. We'll talk about that. Also, new study out says there's a lot of married people that, well, they keep somebody on the back burner just in case. Is that you? We'll talk about that. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about this. Anytime that Ron's parents have come to visit, uh, there's a couple pretty good things that, uh, pretty cool things that your dad is really good at. And one is doing those early morning crossword puzzles. And also, is I think he's a Wheel of Fortune guy from what I remember. And also a Jeopardy guy. And over the years, you've been kind of a Jeopardy guy. In fact, you used to take on Ken Jennings, the Je- Jeopardy champion. And lose horribly. And lose. <laughs> you, remember that, though? You would take him on on a radio show because he, he lives here in the Pacific Northwest. I would get a question now and then. I, I love trivia. Uh, I'm not anywhere near as good as, as Ken Jennings is. But th- this Jeopardy story is really interesting. And, and if people haven't been paying attention or you're not a big Jeopardy fan, Jeopardy is one of the most profitable properties in television history. And, and the stories I've been reading on this, they've made over a billion dollars in profit. That's after production costs, after paying everybody, in sheer profit, they've made over a billion dollars. A lot of people would say, oh, our revenues are a billion, but the profit might be a hundred million. A bill, over a billion dollars in profit. So, it's a very revered show. It's been around for decades. Alex Trebek was the host for many, many years. He, of course, passed away, and they launched this really big search for the new host. And so from the outside looking in, it was pretty exciting. There was a lot of sort of chatter in the media about this because you had everyone from LeVar Burton hosted for a week. What they did is they had a, a, these guest hosts come in for a week or two at a time, uh, do some shows, and then fans were reacting and going, oh, I like him, I liked her. I, Aaron Rodgers hosted uh, for, for a, a slew of shows, and a lot of people thought he did very well. LeVar Burton, of course. Uh, a lot of people were like, that would be great to have a black man uh, as a television host of one of these famous properties. And then you had me and Bialik, who, of course, was a television star. It was like, oh, a female host would be interesting. And so there's all these hosts that went back to back to back uh, in terms of showing up and in, in, in sitting in the chair that Alex Trebek had vacated. And then they just announced a, a few days ago that what actually was going to happen is the executive producer who nobody knew of, he was a behind the scenes guy. His name is Mike Richards. He got the permanent job and they said, Oh, when we do these tournament of champions or the college week or whatever, me and Bialik is going to come in and she's going to be the host during these special events. But the day-to-day hosting is going to go to Mike Richards. And so there was uh, kind of uniformly across the board, a lot of criticism of this of saying, who is this guy? Like nobody knows who he is. 
Uh, if you were going to hire someone internally, then why waste everybody's time in, in having all these guest hosts come out, especially a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who took it very seriously. He prepped for that like he was preparing for a Super Bowl. He came out in the public and said, this is my thing. Like uh, my, I'm getting near the end of my NFL career. If my next chapter could be the host of Jeopardy, I'm in. And and he had a lot of interesting moments on the show. There was a, a question where the answer was the Green Bay Packers, and one of the people missed uh, on the show, and so he got a big laugh out of saying, "Well, the correct answer is the Green Bay Packers." But anyway, so what happened is they announced Mike Richards as the host. So people are scratching their heads going, what is the deal here? Now he's had to step down within a week of being named as the host. And I'll be curious to get your take on this. So evidently, Mike Richards was the executive producer of of, uh, Price is Right. And while he was at the helm of Price is Right, before he became executive producer of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So the Price is Right... Evidently, there were several lawsuits that came out, and one of them was of one of the models. If you've ever watched Price is Right, there's a a slew of models that come out, and when they're giving away fabulous gifts and prizes, the models are there uh, showing standing next to these items. Janice was always my favorite. I just got to so say. So he evidently um, would make comments about the models. Uh, he wanted them to wear bikinis and not one-piece suits. There was one model that got uh, pregnant, and she alleged in her lawsuit that he basically said, man, I just had to fire some models. Had I known you were going to get pregnant, I would have fired you. And then after she went through her pregnancy, her contract was terminated. So there's a lawsuit there. There's allegations that he would make disparaging remarks about, uh, about women, about women's appearance. And then he thought it was a good idea back in the day. So this goes back eight to 10 years ago. He was going to do a behind-the-scenes podcast of the uh, Price is Right, of a look behind the scenes of Price is Right. And he called it the Random Show, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, the Random Show. And so in this podcast, he would do these shows with two female subordinates, so two of his female assistants. And evidently, he liked to ask them inappropriate questions, talk about uh, the examples they give in this article I was reading is, uh, hey, have you ever taken nude photos of yourself? And let me look at your phone. And are you, are there booby shots on here? And so he would do these things. Uh, the shows were up online. And so a website called The Ringer found all the shows after he was named Jeopardy host, found these 41 uh, podcasts of The Random Show, and wrote an article. Like, hey, is this the guy we want to give the Alex Trebek mantle to? one of the most revered hosts and revered shows in American television history. You're going to give it to this guy who's making boob jokes uh, to people that work for him and has lawsuits pending against him um, that are settled out of court for talking about women in bikinis and firing someone because they got pregnant. And so he then immediately pulled the episodes off the internet, Hmm. all 41 episodes made some sort of statement that was like, Hey, 10 years ago, I was trying to do an irreverent behind the scenes show and I'm not that guy anymore. And uh, I'm a father and uh, you know, the whole thing and the shows have been deleted. Like it was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess you deleted the shows. He still was trying to keep his jeopardy job. So he's had to step aside. So I'll just throw it to you. There's lots of layers 
between LeVar Burton being the token, in my mind, a token black guy in the midst of a Black Lives Matter movement. Hey, let's put a black guy out there and, and, and trot him out uh, to pacify people with no intention of giving him the job. Uh, let's throw some women out there. Let's throw an athlete out there. When all along, it looked like they were giving the job to the, the executive producer. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of things. Number one, that's a pretty fascinating story. Uh, and number two, I don't think people should necessarily be liable for something that they did eight to 10 years ago. I think what's really weird about this story before he even stepped down, there was a lot of pressure on the folks at Jeopardy and a lot of pressure on him to really come clean about what they were doing when they were searching for hosts. A lot of times, and we've been on radio stations that have done this before, uh, they'll put in different types of hosts that have different types of social media following when they're looking for a host. Number one, just so that they can hear somebody. And and number two, so they can get the benefit of somebody going out and saying, hey, to their 100,000 followers, let's say they're a social influencer. I'm going to be on X, Y, and Z radio station this week. Check me out. I'm going to be doing a week and I, I'm, I'm trying out and and hopefully I'll be the next host. So so I get that and understand that, and I can get why Jeopardy wanted to do that. What doesn't make sense to me, though, is that they made him the decider, and what he did is he made sure that his two weeks of hosting Jeopardy was not going up against the Olympics. He also made sure that he was one of the first hosts and not one of the last hosts. So he and Ken Jennings were the first two hosts, and they had the best ratings. And then after that, they went around to some of the morning hosts from Good Morning America, or they went to Anderson Cooper, uh, who has a pretty big social media following and also does a lot, not just on Coop 360, but also uh, he works with um, the 60 Minute Show. And, and so that's what they were trying to do. LeVar Burton then, who this guy would know, that LeVar, LeVar Burton, people have been asking for months and months and months uh, and and basically deciding for Jeopardy that LeVar, Bur- LeVar Burton should be the next host. He had the, one of the very last opportunities. The ratings have been going down over the months uh, since, since they started to try. And one of the reasons why is because of the George Floyd verdict, he was going up against that. And then LeVar Burton was only given a week, and the week that he was given was the first week of the Olympics. So it seems like... Uh, this guy injected himself into the fray, but he gave himself the very best possibility to get the best ratings. He didn't get the best ratings. He came in second. It was actually Ken Jennings that had the best ratings. But again, Ken and this particular guy were not going up against the Olympics like everybody else uh, so, so uh, I, ended up doing. That's a good insight. Can I ask a follow-up question about the 10 years ago thing? So let's, I think there's a difference. Let's say like when Howard Stern becomes a judge on America's Got Talent or whatever, his, his reputation is known. Like, you know, the remarks that he's made, there's no secret about who he is and like the evolution of a Howard Stern. You're bringing him on to the show and even a Howie Mandel knowing their stuff is very high profile in the past and their takes in the past. Here's a guy, Jeopardy is as white bread as you can get, Mean not, not meaning racially, but white bread meaning middle of the road, non-offensive. It's a trivia show. And Alex Trebek was as middle of the road as you can get. Um, if you have a guy coming in that 10 years ago, 
or even sooner than that, is getting sued by women saying it's a hostile workplace. I don't think that eight years ago was not that long ago to to change your stripes on that. If he had content that was off color in a joke or something, that's different than the way he's treating women in his employ as an executive producer, in my mind. Yeah, well, I think I think I think that's true, but it's but probably a lot of that was known. And I, I think what happened here is after he named himself, because that's what happened, he named himself the host, and then he sent out all these statements about he's just really blown away and humbled by it. He, he can't be too humble. He can't be, maybe he's humbled by it, but he can't be too humble because he gave the job to himself. Right. It was his job to go find the next host, and he found him. The next host was him. And then I think he decided, well, we're going to have some Jeopardy primetime shows and we'll bring in a female but i'm 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 going to be the main host here so again i didn't read his statements about what happened eight to ten years ago i did stuff eight to ten years ago i'm not super happy or proud of at the same time i didn't have lawsuits like that so you make a very good point and i've done content on the radio that that would be content that I wouldn't do today. So I would hope uh, that people would embrace me for the person I am today and not the content that I was doing maybe 10, maybe 15 years ago. So Yeah, and I mean, I was on those shows as well and would, would do stuff differently now. I just think the difference is... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of differences. <laughs> the, the, this to me is interesting to watch and now jeopardy now jeopardy is in you have to fire him yeah he cannot, what he, he cannot be the executive producer anymore so what what, what do they do now you've already named bialik as the sort of fill-in host yeah. which i think is kind of a backhanded compliment she has a phd dude like i don't think this guy has no a PhD. And she, and she was given all the primetime shows so they say when they have primetime specials that, i know that but she, would she be the, wanted the hosting job as well she would be the host of that so, so i mean i i think i don't know to me lavar burton was the guy he's not you know anderson cooper would have to work this into his schedule the morning show people have to work this into his schedule aaron Rodgers is not really available quite yet so he'd have to work this into his schedule he he had a following. He has a following. He's very popular. He's not controversial. He's extremely smart, like Alex Trebek is and was. So I, I just I don't know. They're in a rough spot right now because this is a property. This is the cash cow. Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, between them are around three billion dollar properties. You, you you have to make the right choice here, and they did not make the right choice. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Hey, you guys. You know what? When we say Les Schwab, you think of tires. You think of wheels, right? And you should think of tires and wheels, but you should also think about your safety because at Les Schwab, they're thinking about your safety. They're thinking about your alignment. They're thinking about your battery. They want to make sure when it's 88 degrees here in Western Washington, and then you're headed over the pass and it's 103 and you're out in wine country, they want to make sure that car's going to start. Also your brakes. Yeah. When you hit the brake and the most important thing in the car is your family, you want to make sure that car stops. And what about your shocks? Ask for a Les Schwab pre- trip safety check and it's free it is free at les schwab and how you get signed up is you just go to les that's les and you can find whether 85 centers in washington to serve you that's les schwab you guys and les we're doing the right thing you know it matters because they've been doing the right thing since 1952 
you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with... with Ron and Don. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show, episode 303. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, so when you need us, just go to our website, uh, ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. And everybody that you just heard, that's how it started. That's how the journey starts. Just a cup of coffee and a sit-down, all right? Anyway, uh, ronanddonsitdown.com. We can also get you a buyer and seller playbooks that we've written uh, just for you, or maybe one of your friends, or maybe uh, someone in your family. Uh, Foo Fighters, they have come out and said, if you want to come to one of our shows, you got to be vaccinated, bring your vaccination card. And if you're not vaccinated, then don't bother coming to one of our shows. Ron, what say you? Because it seems like we're reading stories this week of doctors that are saying, I'm losing my compassion when I see people coming in here. And uh, and they have the coronavirus and they don't have to have it. They, they, they don't need to be on a ventilator right now if they would have gotten the shot. Uh, we see bands now that are taking a stance. We see personalities now that are coming out like Gail King has come out and said, hey, if you're going to come over to my house for the holidays, you have to be vaccinated. If you're not your family member, a friend doesn't matter. I love you. Uh, but you can't come over. Jennifer Anderson said that she has taken people out of her life that she would see on a daily basis as a result of this. And then you sent me a story about a doctor who said, hey, you know what? Not only am I angry at the people that aren't getting vaccinated, people come in with COVID and you had a chance to get vaccinated? Because I'm not going to treat them. How about that? Yeah, there's a lot of wrinkles to this story. So the, the Foo Fighters one is interesting. There's another artist named Jason Isbell. He's a country artist. I like... 
he's gone a step further in that he'll go out on his Twitter following, which is huge, and he's sort of a uh, an Americana country artist, really one of the best songwriters in the world, in my opinion. What's his name? Jason Isbell. Jason Isbell. And oh. um, so he had some things where he announced that he was you had to be vaccinated. He had one venue that came out and made a statement that that uh, they just weren't able to put things together. He then retweeted their statement. It was like, this is a lie. Mm. They, uh, you know, they're not telling you the truth. And he went through it. So he's calling people out that are trying to wiggle out of this. But the thing that I think people don't realize with this these entertainment stories is it's not just Dave Grohl. So, like when 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 the Foo Fighters or Jason Isbell go on tour, you're talking about the band, obviously, but all of the road technicians, the sound guys, the venues, and then when you're at the venues, the the caterers and the ticket takers and the bartenders, the and merch, the merchandise people, and yeah. so the 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 ripples of the concert industry, parking guys, truck drivers, truck drivers, like yep. it just goes on. The the amount of people employed. For a Foo Fighters tour or a Jason Isbell tour, could after you know when you go through all the venues, could be thousands of people, Hmm. and and so like the economy of the concert industry is pretty big, and I I applaud them for doing that because you're 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 asking as the artist, and we just saw this at the Gorge, you're asking for people to come out and to be in close proximity to lots of other people. And you don't know who's vaccinated, who's not. Most people don't want to sit through a whole show with a mask on because uh, you're screaming and yelling and applauding and singing along. Uh, so I think it's the right thing to do. It's the courageous thing to do. And the more incentives we can put on people to get vaccinated, the better. The The, the story that you brought up that I think is just un- phenomenal is this doctor. I think he's in Alabama. He's now posted on the sign. There's two things. One was an op-ed, but this other one, it's a doctor on his office door says, if you are not vaccinated, do not come to see me. And he's like, I will refer you to another doctor. I will gladly forward your paperwork to them and your insurance information, but I do not want you in my office. And I have bent over backwards to try and educate everybody and make these vaccines available. If you have not, if you've chosen to not be vaccinated, I don't want to see you. I don't want to care for you. And there's another op-ed that you brought up of a doctor. It's like, in the beginning, I was very compassionate when I'd watch these folks come in. And he goes, I'm not as compassionate now. When I, the vaccine's available, it is free. And now the the, the one that just sticks to me that's insane is this guy that did not get vaccinated then got COVID. His rationale was, well, I don't trust it. There's not enough data in here yet. This is too new and too experimental is the reason he stated for not getting vaccinated. Now, as he's on his deathbed, he's telling this doctor, give me every experimental thing you got. Hmm. I don't care if it's been not approved by the FDA two weeks ago. I want it. So he's like, okay, so the vaccine, which has had just in America, 165 million people in this quote-unquote trial. Uh, this is for us to look at. You're wanting me now, so you wouldn't take that because it's too new mm. and not enough data. But this other thing that's totally experimental, um, you're willing to take it now that you're on your deathbed. Yeah. And the, the, the person he talked about in that story still passed away. And he's like, I'm compassionate, but not like I was before. 
Yeah. Because they had every opportunity. See you guys on the other side. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist for all of you in the Ronadon Nation. If you're going to win a house in such a competitive market, you better have a good strategist. And that's what I specialize in. When you're ready to sit down with us, go to ronandonsitdown.com. And now back to the show. All right, you guys, as you just heard, uh, we're licensed brokers at Windermere with Therese. She's our buyer's agent. So if you're looking to buy, sell, uh, it's been a very busy year so far. We have a lot coming on this fall. And also, uh, we think uh, you're signing up a buyer today, I think, right? Gonna, someone may buy something. Trying to. Yeah, you're going to write an offer. Yeah, write an offer. See what happens. So anyway, just reach out to us, runandonsitdown.com. That's runandonsitdown.com. Let's talk about Backburner. New study just came out. It said that about 60% of married people keep somebody on a Backburner, and they say the Backburner trend is beginning to grow. And one of the reasons it's beginning to grow is because people found out through COVID that maybe they didn't like their partner very much. And so you see a lot of people reaching out on social media and maybe getting in touch with an old partner. Because typically the person on the back burner is an old partner, an old girlfriend, uh, or maybe even something more. So when it comes to back burners, Ron, what do you think about a back burner? Do you have anyone on the back burner? Do you see the importance of the back burner? Well, I don't have anyone on the front burner, so it's hard to have someone <laughs> on, the, on the back burner. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this story was, was intriguing. That, But I, I, I do have people that, you know, I dated in other states years ago that will sometimes you'll message on Facebook or whatever. It's... I sort of tap the brakes. It doesn't get too flirty or too whatever, but like, you know, sometimes you'll get one of those, Hey, this happened this many years ago on Facebook and they're, Oh, that was great times. And Mm -hmm. they might say a comment about, Oh man, like I wish this thing would have happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I get that. You wish something would have happened with you. Yeah. I've had that happen before. Like, Oh, like, you know, I realize now that you're, you're a pretty good guy or whatever. Oh, 
And so, uh, which is flattering, but it's like, you know what? You're married. Like, go work out your marriage. Like, I don't want to be, you know, wow. the nostalgia. Like, there was, there's a reason why we weren't together. Yeah. So, like, if, if I was that great, we'd still be together. When you, when you, and they talk about this in the article, when you, be careful because when you experience something and you experience that all the time, Sometimes, like if you're part, like you live with your partner, or you're, or you're married, you share, you share, you share a house together, whatever that is, and then you spend, you spend a lot of time together, maybe raising kids this year, or taking care of dogs, or two offices in the same house. We see that a lot when we go out on some of our real estate calls, and when, and, and when you see somebody all the time, it's almost, it's almost too much of that, too much of that somebody all the time, and so. When there's somebody on the back burner and you just kind of get, the, you you usually get them at their best. They're reaching out. It's when they're feeling fun or when they're feeling insightful or they want to share a book uh, or share a joke or flirt with you a little bit. When you're getting someone in kind of those bite-sized candy pieces, that a lot of times can just, it, it appears to be, it can be more attractive, right? Yeah. And the article that you had sent me, I think the most insightful thing in that article was like, if you find yourself investing this time into the back burner person to be flirty or to do any of that stuff you just said, ask yourself, could I take that energy and improve the thing that I've got on the front burner? Yeah. And if you can't, then you should probably end the thing on the front burner. Hmm. You know, if, if you, if you are just using that thing as some sort of escape, Say why am I, why am I not taking that energy? Is there a way I could be more flirtatious with my partner? Is there a way that I could introduce a book to my partner? Is there a way I, I've known people and I find this really interesting where it's like I'm gonna let's both of us take a separate vacation once a year so that we have a chance to exhale. Mm. Like and you know it's not gonna be like like I remember we we had a friend years ago that's like. I'm going to do a fishing trip. It's going to be a week long. I'm going with a buddy that you know. It's not like I'm going to Vegas and going to strip clubs. I'm going with a, a male friend. We're going fishing. And then you go on a week-long trip of your own with your sister or your female friends or whatever. And then when we when you get that time away, when they got back together, it was like, oh, I had a chance to miss you. Yeah, I had a chance to reflect on, eh, I got a pretty good thing going here. Yeah, yeah. But when they were just together all the time, you're right. It, it's the back burner. It, this is a, a fascinating thing because it's easy to get nostalgic. Plus it's an earlier time in your life when you had less oh, responsibility yeah. and you had less going on. Like, especially if it was before you had kids, let's say yeah. you can look back and then go, Oh man, that was such a fun time in my life. Mm. And I would, you know, because, yeah, it was fun. You had no responsibility yeah. comparatively. Yeah. And the other thing that they point out is is over time, when you're away from somebody and you haven't been with them, collectively, uh, the brain will typically remind you of the happy times and the joyous times and and, and not the bad times. So uh, so you have to keep you have to keep. But that there is a reason why you're not with them. <laughs> Like I just went on a walk last night with uh, with an ex that I dated several years ago. There's a reason why we're not together. Yeah. We're great friends. And the walk reminded and, you. 
No, I'm just in light of this story. Like okay. we were like, oh, like we have such great conversations when we when we you know take go on a dog walk. It's like, yeah, we do. We there's obviously was a chemistry there. We wouldn't have dated, yeah. but there's also a reason why we're not together. <laughs> and so it's easy to look back though, and yeah. you just go, what you know, this person's great, and they're attractive, and they're intelligent, and like you start checking off all the positives. Yeah, and and there's no dark history there. It just didn't work out. But it's like, yeah. We we could have still been together if we wanted to be, and we we aren't. Yeah. So you know you have to throw that into the mix as well. But but and I also don't think it's if you meet someone and they're not friends with anybody they've ever dated before. Yeah, that can be a red flag. Yeah, like if they're just not like if they go through life with a scorch earth policy and they don't maintain any friendships. That can be a red flag. And then the ones on this other side of the spectrum where they're too friendly with the exes and have the back burner, those are red flags. I think you want the ones in the middle that are like, yeah, I stay in touch. We're not flirting, but I, I can maintain friends with people that I've been romantic with. Or the, the girl, in my in my case, the, the girl that I meet and all their, all their best friends are recent and there's there's... They're, they're not close to family. They're not close to friends from their youth or when they were in high school or when they went to college. There's not, there's not a sampling from different parts of their life. I look at, I look at that. Uh, I look at that too. So I think that that's pretty important. Where's your sampling lady. <laughs> hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode three Oh three. Now of the Ron and Dodd show. Thanks for giving us great lives. Thanks for hitting subscribe. And also thanks for getting signed up for the Ron and Don newsletter. We just send one of those out a week and it lets you know some of the listings that we have coming up, some of the neighborhoods we're in, and also just maybe some of our thoughts on uh, ways that we can help you in your real estate journey or just in your life journey too. So remember, you can always find us at ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back and we'll see you next time right here only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network.